We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, White Sox fans. This is your Sox Machine White Sox wake-up call for Wednesday, September 7, 2022. I'm Josh Nelson. Prior to last night's game, the White Sox got to see a couple of familiar faces get activated. Yoan Makata returned to man third base, and Aaron Bummer was back in the White Sox bullpen. Makata told reporters before the game, quote, It has been a difficult season for me. That doesn't matter right now. Right now, the focus is just to help this team win as many games as we can and try to make the playoffs, end quote. The red-hot Chicago White Sox, which is weird to say out loud, were looking to approve the 6-2 since Tony La Russa left the team as Johnny Cueto took the mound. In his last start against Kansas City, Cueto went 5 and a third innings, only allowed one earned run on six hits, didn't walk anyone, and he struck out five. Flip side, Logan Gilbert started the game for Seattle. Gilbert shut down the White Sox in early April, going five scoreless innings, allowing four hits, and struck out four with no walks. In his last start against Detroit, Gilbert went six innings, only allowed two hits, no runs, struck out nine, and just had one walk. Makata made an impact early. In his first at-bat, he hit a sharp single to center field, and when the Mariners had runners on first and second in the second inning, he started the 5-4-3 double play that ended that threat. Mikata picked up a second hit during the fourth inning, another 105-mile-per-hour-plus exit velocity single. Jose Abreu got hit by a pitch to put runners on first and second, but Gilbert was able to get out of that jam unscathed. Even though A.J. Pollock made great contact, he lined out to J.P. Crawford for the final out. Seattle took the lead as Ty France let it off with a double, and he tagged up on Mitch Haneker's fly ball to right field. Now, France would score off of Kevin Sheets' throw, and how he scored was a little funny. Sheets was credited with a throwing error, but it was a pretty soft bounce that Mikata failed to field as it went under his glove. He totally whiffed on the ball, and it rolled towards the camera well, it took an unlucky bounce for the White Sox as it hit a camera. Thus, France got to receive an extra base. And that's how Seattle took a 1-0 lead. Even if Mankata fielded that ball, 
Eugenio Suarez almost took Cueto out deep to center field, but Luis Robert did a good job of sticking with the flight path that he made the catch at the wall. France would have easily scored on that fly ball, if that makes you feel any better about what transpired in the previous at-bat with Gavin Sheets making the throw to third and Yohan Mikata whiffing on trying to field that ball. Speaking of Robert, he got clipped by a pitch earlier in the game when he was in a halfway swing. He stayed in the game but was clearly in pain and back to swing with just one hand. Miguel Cairo took Robert out in the fifth inning, swapping him with Adam Engel. Now, I hear and read many comments about Luis Roberts' wrist and how the White Sox are handling this particular injury. It's a tough situation. The team is in a tight race for the division, and Robert wants to show up and play and help, but he can't help much if he can't swing the bat with two hands. I'm not sure how much longer the White Sox can dance around this particular issue without some type of injured list stint. The White Sox offense found life again in the sixth inning. Jose Abreu smashed a double that had an exit velocity of 108 miles per hour. Aloy Jimenez also smoked a single to center field, but credit to Julio Rodriguez, who got to it quickly, and his throw back into the infield prevented Abreu from scoring as Joe McEwing held up Abreu. So it was up to Gavin Sheets. He has runners on the corners, and he was in immediate swing mood, even fouling off an 0-1 pitch up by his eyes, and he's a tall dude. On 1-2, Sheets foul-tipped a 99-mile-per-hour fastball from Logan Gilbert, which that was the second out. And then A.J. Pollock tried to catch up on Gilbert's velocity, but he whiffed on another 99-mile-per-hour heater that ended the inning. Johnny Cueto left in the seventh inning after he allowed two base runners to reach, and there was nobody out. But what more can you ask from him? He went six innings, allowed five hits, only one earned run, three walks, and three strikeouts. But it was young Jimmy Lambert tasked with getting out of the jam. J.P. Crawford couldn't get a bunt down, and he flew out to Adam Engel in center field. Against Uber rookie Julio Rodriguez, Lambert struck him out, and France broke his bat on a weak grounder to Mankata, who touched third base, and the White Sox were able to get out of that threat. Let's give Jimmy Lambert some love. In his last 10 appearances, Lambert has only allowed two runs, one of them earned. He's got a sub-3 ERA, and honestly, Lambert may have found his role in the major leagues. I get the White Sox need starters, but with Lambert's injury history... I think it would be a good idea keeping him as a reliever. The White Sox put together another rally in the eighth inning, facing Andres Munoz, who throws a 91-mile-per-hour slider and pairs it with a 102-mile-per-hour fastball, allowed a single to Aloy Jimenez, and he walked Gavin Sheets. There were two outs, and of course, it's A.J. Pollock at the plate. And the way that Pollock has been hitting right-handed pitching, it was a brutal matchup, and sure enough, Pollock whiffed on a third slider in the at-bat, ending the threat. And then the balloon popped when Ronaldo Lopez floated a curveball to Mariners catcher Cal Riley, who smashed it for a two-run homer. It was the first home run allowed by Ronaldo Lopez in 2022. Yohan Mercada and Aloy Jimenez both had multi-hit games as the White Sox lost 3 to nothing. Jose Abreu had the only extra base hit. Luis Robert did have x-rays during the game, and they were negative, so he's day-to-day. 
The White Sox fall back to 68 and 68. And honestly, I can't too upset with the outcome of this game. The Seattle Mariners have the best record in the American League since June 1st. And last night was a good example why they have been playing so well and they have the record that they have. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quick turnaround for the White Sox as they have to hop on another plane and fly south to Oakland after today's game. Could we see Michael Kopak? That's the question leading up to the game as he's missed time due to a hamstring issue behind his left knee. Kopak last pitched on August 22nd when he was clearly hurt while warming up and proceeded to try and pitch through the pain, which wasn't smart as he didn't record an out. The Royals scored four earned runs on just one hit against Kopech in that first inning, as command was a big problem. If Kopech does go, it'll be interesting to see how Miguel Cairo lines up the bullpen. I imagine there will be some type of pitch count for Kopech, as he's already had a career high in innings for his major league career, as he's already had 110 innings. Starting for the Mariners will be Luis Castillo, who has been awesome since been acquired at the trade deadline. In six starts for the Mariners, Castillo has a 2.39 ERA and 37 and two-thirds innings pitched, with 43 strikeouts to nine walks. In his last start against Cleveland, Castillo went six innings, allowed five hits, no runs, walked one, and struck out four, with 12 groundouts to just six flyouts. Hopefully someone on the White Sox can run into a home run against Castillo and the pitching does enough to hold on. Yasmani Grandal does have two home runs in his career against Castillo if you are looking for a pick to click. The first pitch is at 3.10 p.m. Central Time and you can watch the game on NBC Sports Chicago or listen on ESPN 1000 AM. Down in the minors, let's start at Charlotte where this might be one of the biggest surprises in White Sox minor leagues in 2022, the Knights pitching staff, which has been conducting way too many bullpen games this season due to a lack of starting pitching depth, saw six pitchers combined to allow just one hit to the Nashville Sounds. Tanner Banks pitched two scoreless innings with four strikeouts. Jason Billows also had four strikeouts in two innings. Offensively, the Knights generated four runs as Mike Rodolfo and Zach Remillard both had doubles and Yobert Sanchez went two for four. 
The Knights won four to nothing as they improved to 51 and 79 on the season. Project Birmingham only played five innings against Chattanooga, but couldn't manage a run. Oscar Colas had two singles, and Brian Ramos had the other base knock for the Barons. But the lookout starting pitcher Andrew Abbott pitched five scoreless innings with four strikeouts. Barron's starting pitcher Matthew Thompson pitched well, going four innings, allowed two hits, one earned run, walked one, and struck out five on 61 pitches, with 43 of those being for strikes. The wins at Salem Dash were up 2-1 to one after the second inning, but the offense stalled and the Brooklyn Cyclones scored five runs after the seventh inning as the Dash lost 6-2. to two. Alexander Womack went 2-5 for five with an RBI, and Kobe Smelly picked up the other ribby for the Dash. Tommy Summer had a good start for the Dash, going six innings, allowed four hits, just one earned run, walked one, and struck out six. The former Indiana Hoosier has a 2.89 ERA for the season. Maybe he needs a look at Birmingham. Down in Kannapolis, the Cannonballers got blown out 6-1 to one against Augusta. The Cannonballers as a team were 1-for-11 with runners in scoring position. Tim Elko went 1-for-3 with the walk, and Jordan Sprinkle also had a base knock, picked up his eighth stolen base since joining Kannapolis. Around Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees and the Minnesota Twins were washed out, so they will play two games today. Meanwhile, in Kansas City, Cleveland took an early lead thanks to Jose Ramirez with his two RBI single in the third inning. Ramirez now has 108 RBIs this season. But the Royals responded with a run of the fourth inning thanks to Salvador Perez hitting his 20th home run of the season. It remained 2-1 until the seventh inning when Miles Straw added to Cleveland's lead with an RBI single. Then Owen Miller made it a 4-1 game with an infield single RBI. Shane Bieber was too much for the Kansas City offense as the Guardians won 4-1. So the Guardians are now one and a half games up on Minnesota and now three games up on the Chicago White Sox. If you haven't been paying attention to the National League East race, you might want to. The New York Mets are 5-5 in their last 10 games, but the hottest team in baseball since June 1st have been the Atlanta Braves. They have a winning percentage better than 700, and with the Mets losing in Pittsburgh last night, 8-2, it opened the door for Atlanta. Matt Olson homered in his return to the Oakland Coliseum, as the Braves won a crazy game, beating the Athletics 10-9. The Braves are now tied with the Mets in the National League East. The Tampa Bay Rays are four and a half games back of the New York Yankees in the American League East, as they beat up on the Boston Red Sox, winning 8-4. The Philadelphia Phillies are in a tight National League wildcard race, and thanks to a big performance from Aaron Nola with 10 strikeouts, walked off the Miami Marlins 3-2. The Chicago Cubs crushed the Cincinnati Reds' bullpen late, to win 9-3, the St. Louis Cardinals continue to roll as Nolan Gorman hit his 14th home run of the season as the Cards beat the Washington Nationals 4-1. Framber Valdez extends his consecutive quality start streak to 23 games, but the Houston Astros lose the lead late as the Texas Rangers won 4-3. The Milwaukee Brewers were up 6-1, but the Colorado Rockies scored five runs in the bottom of the eighth inning, thanks to a Randall Gruchek home run, and Gruchek again in the bottom of the tenth inning, hit his second home run of the night, a three-run shot, as the Rockies walk off the Brewers 10-7. And the Baltimore Orioles outlasted the Toronto Blue Jays 9-6 as they moved three and a half games back of the Blue Jays 
in the American League East. That will do it for this White Sox wake-up call. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy our work and want more, you can help support us at patreon.com slash Machine, where our Patreon supporters receive exclusive content like the P.O. Sox mailbag, ad-free versions of the podcast and website, and first opportunity to acquire our Sox Machine swag. Monthly plans start at $2, and you can save with an annual subscription by signing up at patreon.com slash Machine. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Sox Machine, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. Subscribe to the Sox Machine podcast wherever you listen to podcasts such as Spotify and Apple Music. I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. Again, the White Sox and Mariners will start playing at 3 p.m. Central Time, and Jim and I will have Sox Machine live, as we'll be streaming that on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Machine, and also on SoxMachine.com. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.